0: Coming up on Jess Elder's podcast, I will say because I don't really like the Jess Elder's podcast. Keep, keep somebody grandma got cussed out <laughs> in Target. Hey, old lady, move your old ass back. You know, but we can't
1: minimize any prior group, any prior generation struggle for freedom. I heard the first word, and then we look. And I heard the second bullet hit me in the stomach, and the next bullet hit off a in the chest.
0: Like, yeah, how do we restore those roots and make our trees strong again and begin to bear fruit in our community?
1: And if we look at our history, we'll see that we are Africans. We belong to Africa, and that's our land. And until we take Africa back, we would never be free. (laughs) shit you believe in equal rights don't you i'm 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 troubled at times by the the ego that is so much a part of of activism
0: you said that dr king recruited you to join the movement so how were how were they recruiting young people back then versus young people being recruited right now you wrote the book, you authored the book. We will shoot back armed resistance in the Mississippi Freedom Movement.
2: when I was in Chattanooga,
1: Tennessee, and we were down in New Wayport Terminal, they attacked us. We were in hell out there. We were
0: dead. The best thing you could do for our is join an organization dedicated to black liberation turn your anger into action turn your uh, disappointment to dedication join the fight using your time treasure and talent if you really want to see change ready born ready tuning into the greatest podcast that ever hit the airwaves. I am your host, and I am super excited because I'm about to record the most important and the greatest podcast I've ever recorded. I say that every time, and I mean it every single time. Let me start off by saying this. This is going to be a long episode. But it's going to be a very important episode. This episode is for... This episode is for the culture This episode is for our people This episode is for our community This episode is gonna be nothing but knowledge With that being said I wanna thank each and every last person That tuned in to last week's episode Creatives Uncut It was... It was another great win. Nothing but amazing gems were dropped. Our girl Tamisha Harris, she went in. my boy Matt, he represented. Shout out to episode two that went hard. Keith, did you watch it? You watch episode two? Bruh, nah, bruh. Episode two. Like,
3: this is what I'll say. Because you know how I am, bruh. I'm a hard critic and I I don't like praising shit, but. That 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 shit was good. Dog. Hey, that, bro, it's like getting better, bro. Like episode two, I watched that live because like, I was
0: watching the comments.
3: You know what's so funny, bro? It's like they capturing all the elements of the bullshit that's happening currently. Like when that shit opened up, no more fucking niggas. I was like, that how the fuck? come
0: on, man. Can we talk about that? Like how like <laughs> You know you shout has been getting Real bunny ear Spiritual lately You know what I'm saying yeah, like, Nothing I, against spirituality I believe in it and, But and it's I, like And it. I know some that That's serious out there But I also know What the trend look like It's yeah. almost like vegans It's almost like These uh, new workout professionals It's yeah. like I know what the trend look like And I know what's real So Like folks. Yeah, how you got the sage and the oils. <laughs> and, and you know your zodiac. Don't mean
3: you spiritual. <laughs> he be, let me get to, when were you born? In what time? What's your rising? What time? I
0: be like, hold huh? In <laughs> what, what state? <laughs> like they
3: trying to read all your charts, boy. Like, God damn. You know
0: what? I actually got a sister that go deep in that. Like, she go deep. And I ain't gonna lie. She probably been most accurate as it came to, like, like giving me, relationship like... Relationship shit. Yeah, like, with me, and I know... She don't know me to uh-huh. be able to be as accurate as she was. i like, man, I almost brought on the podcast. But I don't want to do an episode around that, because, you know, my rule. Talk about what you know. Yeah, I mean,
3: I might be a sister got something to say. She yeah. be on there. Yeah. But the, but the episode was good, though. So yeah. shout out. Shout yeah, out. I like... It. And uh, when he said, oh, boy, could act. Oh, boy, definitely got his acting on. Yeah. The <laughs> J.D. Younger dude. Yeah. Like...
2: Steve Harvey. <laughs> that, no, what was funny
3: was that nigga said
0: shit, you believe in equal rights, don't you? He go you your pill. <laughs> oh my goodness, but that joke was so funny, dog.
3: Hey, that nigga said, shit, this is my girl, baby mama.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. Hey, hey, it was a great episode. Shout out to another black owned business, Delightful East, yeah, Edgewood it, yeah. Avenue. Edgewood <laughs> Avenue. Oh. Said like we, we did the, uh, the live podcast. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Shout out to the people. Hot I can, rose <laughs> porch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, go back and listen to the episode, go episode to- twenty two.
3: <laughs> go, go back, hey, hey, when my boy Shots out these episode numbers, you got to go back and listen on purpose, right. right? On purpose, but yeah, that that was good. That was good.
0: Yeah, it was great, man. Um, man, you know what? Last week, y'all, something happened. We recorded early last week We recorded on a Wednesday Yeah And we said we don't want to do that <laughs> Because we missed so much shit Well, it, it will,
3: It's like a, a, a good and bad thing Because we missed a lot of shit But then a lot of shit just cycled through the wash anyway So <laughs> if we would have talked about it It's like
0: Yeah but it's like alright So people One thing I will say Because I don't really like the Just Yells podcast Like it is right now Cause I like having conversations The phone call stuff Be cool But One thing it has done It has enhanced Me and Keith's dialogue <laughs> Yeah, definitely He's he been trying
3: to get me on the mic
0: Yeah, yeah So and Keith been like I be wanting y'all to hear What I get to hear every day <laughs> I be wanting y'all to hear Cause all we do Is give y'all the conversation <laughs>
3: With we, <laughs> a little filter With
0: a little, little filter A lot of filter <laughs> With a lot of filter So, um, man One thing we've been talking about Is it COVID-19 And Our work So we got Keith the, what I, what I, what I say the other day yeah, I said today so I'm gonna gonna make say, an announcement
3: yeah. on the pod I feel like me and Eldridge Have officially come to a draw Let me tell you why Eldridge said Okay we won't be coming back till August I said definitely May 15th mm-hmm. Boom so we got that But Eldridge has been calling this economic crisis And this whole breakdown And the, the wealth gap getting bigger He's been calling that Since day one And that's I think that's Pretty much the source of your anxiety about it was it's not about getting sick, it's about how is this all about to trickle down. And seeing twenty million people unemployed last week, what I tell you, I said, man, I I had to be thankful I still had a job. Right.
0: So So Governor Keith was correct. (laughs) (laughs) But but they they opened up on something serious,
3: boy. Bro, them Negroes is out there fireworks and, and you know what i noticed
0: people are not wearing masks oh no that, not, not in georgia i went and bought uh and keep know i ain't lying because we, when i just met him i gave him one like mm-hmm. i went and bought a whole bunch of disposable masks so if i'm around somebody i got gloves on the back too if i'm around somebody i'm gonna give you a mask and then you know he go a the conspiracy theorist in me here goes my thoughts all these white people are watching the same news we watching, And they seeing that COVID-19 is allegedly killing black people faster than they killing anybody else. Are they removing their mask on purpose? That's my question. So when I see them, <laughs> that boy keep producing. <laughs> when I see them, like, but I'm cause like, Folk be trying to walk by you or something. Like, bruh I'm gonna oh. start
3: swinging. Oh, bro, I've been I've been very vocal about you need to move. Like, <laughs> I was at Target earlier, and like <laughs> this lady. I mean, she was older. But I was like Excuse me man Hey old lady I said excuse me man You supposed to be on that point over there Cause I couldn't back up no more So I said You supposed to be on that point over there I said cause I could have corona You could catch it Her ass moved quick then
0: <laughs> See keep giving y'all The edited podcast version keep- <laughs> Keith ain't even that nice in real life. Keith, somebody grandma got cussed out. It's like, hey, old lady, move your old ass back. Hey, look, Keith been giving us the nice version, bro. Like, So, like, folk been like tripping, man. So, this is what I'm gonna say to people. If you gotta go out, y'all, get some gloves, wear a mask. Again, what if... I'm not telling you to stay cooped up in your house. I'm not telling you, well, I am. I would like it if you did. You know what I'm saying? If you don't leave unless you got to leave. understand those got to work. You got to eat. I get that. But like, if you are, protect yourself. So I'm proud to be a part of the Georgia Coalition to Save Lives. If you go to SaveGALives.com, SaveGALives.com, um, you will see... Um, where we have started a coalition of over seventy organizations, uh, and it's a lot. When I say it's a lot of a uh, coalition that involved with this movement, and the whole goal is to get a meeting with Governor. It's like Clinton. it's like nonprofits. Uh, not just nonprofits; it's nonprofits, for-profit businesses. I mean, you got people on there from, of course, the big names like Rainbow Coalition, Push. You got uh in you got the uh, urban league you got Georgia Alliance Social Justice you got Ebenezer Church oh, shit, you got the Black Jewish Coalition hold on the Black Jewish Coalition Bruh, you got New Georgia Project it, you got uh, what's N- you killing them Indugu oh so, hey, uh, shout, out, shout out to Indugu <laughs> <laughs> look you got you got of course let us make man black man lab Ble- beacon hill black alliance Um, you have the uh Black Bar Association, the Concerned Black Clergy. Um, it is a major list. Uh, it's a GABWA is on here. Mm. So for me, it was like, you know what? And you already know, I got other stuff that's uh another announcement. I'm gonna wait to make it till they make it, you know what I'm saying? So I got other stuff in the works that's coming. It's it's like it's something else that I feel like is like really probably uh more pressing news. Oh, definitely. Oh, hold on, hold on. Before I
3: do that, before I do that. So I gotta let the people know too. So I got the Chevy vote because I'm telling tell people about the vote. Okay.
0: I'm, 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 I low-key want to create content about hey, this vote. Hey, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. So that boy Key told me yesterday, man, I'm thinking about getting the vote. I said, yeah, that was up, man. That's cool. Man, I'm on the way to the studio today. He tell me He gonna be late. So whenever I'm late, whenever somebody tells me saying they late, I don't say I'm gonna be late too. I just get there and wait on (laughs) them. I just get there and wait on them. You know what I'm saying? So I so happen to be riding and I get a hunk, man, Keith riding in a brand new (laughs) jet black motor. On it Hey
3: this ain't clean That's super clean you got, you got everything in it yeah. you Everything in it But
0: That butt looking for a plug To plug in though So y'all We don't got one Readily accessible Where yeah, we really,
3: live. Hey but I do got A regular plug though So yeah. if I pull up at your house I will be plugging my shit up
0: <laughs> At your crib Like and hey My homebody had one He said it only added Like $10 bill yeah, yeah it's place. only like 10
3: cents per hour for charging Like it's not It's like a dollar to charge Like even when you sign up for the pay one, It's like a dollar to charge Right I'm like shit If you let me plug my iPhone man, you, up You got the best parking spots Oh, best yeah. parking spots in, Oh, and when I go to the office I'm damn sure plugging my shit up over there Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So yeah, man On a lighter note, man We had some dope ass reviews, bro What we got, what we got, what we got Who yeah. talking to us? All right, man Hey, you already know, man We got a regular SD Shout out, shout out, shout out Estee uh, uh, tells us He says Great episodes Brothers Great content Big kudos For y'all bringing the two guests on And allowing them to share their platform I'm definitely supportive Sorry about that on YouTube It's a good show You and Keith stay safe as always And keep up the great work P.S. Y'all one-year anniversary is going to be like the meetup that happened at the West End Mall last weekend. The city is supporting y'all. I told you, bro. I told you,
0: bro. Hey. Bro, we got to do this shit for the people, bro. See? For the people, The only reason bro. SD know about that because he was there. He was at, he was at the first ten. See? Nah. Hey, look. We do not want it that big, but We want something...
3: Intimate I will say this My ass going back To this office nigga we, and we ain't doing no Dashiki party We definitely doing something For the one year anniversary We might do this shit At West kid uh, <laughs> To increase their chances Let's see uh, We got another one man Shout out to our boy David Toons Man Toons That boy alive That boy alive Boy <laughs> <laughs> hey. Says says, uh, big ups to the Just Elders podcast. Recently, I've been tuning in and it's like they have been reading my mind. Also, the content is very refreshing and original. Keep it up, fellas. David, that means a
0: lot, bro. Well,
3: appreciate, appreciate it. you for taking the time to do that, too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. All right. Y'all know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Foxy oh. P From D.C. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, you know she might get a segment <laughs> <laughs> She might get a segment Like for real <laughs> Alright it says Cause see I love her titles Her titles always gave y'all, y'all got this Cause she puts emojis In the titles Like how I do With the show titles right, So right. I like this shit It says creative content do just one thing and would y'all please stop spoiling the insecure plot for those of us trying to get caught
0: up <laughs> and look and this we, didn't, we, we didn't even watch it we, yeah. we, we didn't watch it together we, we actually last like uh this past sunday because we recorded
3: so early we went together yeah i mean i saw that we'll, we'll talk about it this. Yeah. all right <laughs> uh <laughs> So, um, okay, real talk, fellas. I have absolutely no idea what the heck y'all were rambling about for the first 30 or 40 minutes of Creative Uncut Podcast. And I guess that's okay, except when you keep giving all the plot lines and character details from Insecure. Because that is just, uh pretty frustrating. We're sorry, Foxy P. You know what I'll do? <clears throat> we'll start saying spoiler alert, and then you can fast forward. Yeah, all we'll right. do something. And, um... That being said, listening to you two vent about the Rona and deconstruct the current events every week is actually becoming one of my favorite late night pastimes. I need to get a life. <laughs> I would definitely give you props for coming through on the back end of the show with those great uh, creative content experts. I learned a lot from Miss Harris and Cool White Man Matt. Let me just call it a Cool, cool White, White Man, Man Matt. Matt. Hey. <laughs> That'd be fine to put on a shirt Because right? he is pretty cool He's a pretty cool yeah, white man. Yeah you're a cool white boy That's why I ate it first Yeah uh, cool white man Matt about maximizing your social media brand And making the most of your content And big props to Matt For trying to showcase Small black businesses On his platform Yeah for real uh, Good look to Eldridge Eldridge and Keith Keep up the same energy fellas The JEP gig Is only going to get Bigger and bigger Trust. I'm gonna put hand claps, fists, hand claps, praise claps, thumbs up. Now, if you can just get these ear hustlers to write some reviews, you know I got you though. Hey man, (laughs) sincerely Foxy P from DC.
0: Appreciate it, appreciate it,
3: appreciate it. Hey, one thing about it, SC's been supporting Foxy P coming in real strong, real strong, real strong. So. If y'all been listening to the podcast, we kind of mentioned some things here and there, but my boy E been holding me down for a while, man. Like, he brought me out of a low spot years ago, and we've been rocking ever since, right? So I talked to my dad yesterday, telling him, you "No, know, we... Catching up, getting updates. So, my dad got a new car. My stepbrother got a new car. So, you know, they, it looked like the family just, you know, we just doing what we were supposed to be doing. So, my dad said the other day, because you remember, I don't know if the people remember, but on the May Life, We talked about it. We went to New York. I quit my job <laughs> to go to New York. I still remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad <laughs> Was like You fucking with this nigga Eldridge Like you need to Get your shit together And I said nah pops I'm gonna tell you something I know I be You know Cause he's seen me Be around some bad actors before Or just get lost In some other shit I said nah bro I'm gonna tell you something Eldridge is different Like Eldridge Is like working with LeBron bro I'm t- I am tell everybody this Le- Eldridge is LeBron at your crew He's the Drake out your crew You gotta put Your shit behind that And he, and he makes it work And you know, my dad, he was a little weary, but what got him was the key situation. When he saw how y'all held me down with the key when I left it in New York that time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he saw that, he was like, okay, these these some real brothers. So, fast forward a year, right? we talking, and my dad looked at me, he said, you know what? I'm glad you found a brother like Eldridge. Like, I'm glad you got somebody that you can rock with. Yeah. Give me some horns,
4: man Give me some horns
3: <laughs> And y'all can come up You know and, and I see y'all Y'all thriving and prospering So I'm like Yeah, I appreciate that part So I thought about I'm like, man He's he been holding me down So today hey. Our boy My boy got me a gift, man oh, boy, boy, his butt, It came out today it, yeah. I, it came out today? Yeah Oh, I ain't even yeah. done <laughs> It's even bigger So, so, so the book well, you know Like last, like last <laughs> night So it, it dropped and I'm like, y'all know is a big 50 Cent fan. And me, I, I just like reading about like business and stuff. And for 50 Cent to give us these key, and then reading the reviews, the reviews have been incredible. So, man, I had to cop me and my boy, the Curtis Jackson, hustle hard, hustle smarter. So, hey, y'all listen now. We're going to be getting y'all some content around this, man, for real. Oh,
0: yeah, it's coming, man. Life Book life review, for
3: sure. Curtis Jackson. Like, it might be on a whole separate feed, just Breaking down Bonus chapter. <laughs> If y'all reading it Hit Eldridge up We might just call y'all in To be a part of the conversation But we definitely Digging into this man But I gotta say that That's a gift to you bro Cause you know We been out here hustling hard I appreciate you're hustling it hustling smart bro So we gotta hustle harder And smarter yeah, hustle smarter Coming up bro
0: So Hey man I say this man I appreciate you brother uh, I always tell people Keep believing me more Than I believe in myself Sometimes I wouldn't even be on the mic I ain't know what the Podcast was Until Keith Told me I needed one, like a real, for real. So yeah, man. So you know, gift to you, bro. You know, we we rocking. We we doing
3: this countdown to fifty two. This is big. So yeah, this is big, man. We are actually ten episodes away. Yeah, ten, 10 episodes away from down to road, episode forty
0: two. So, hey. the, the next ten weeks. The next ten weeks, man. We are getting to our one year anniversary when things. Go to another level
3: And we uh I was gonna hit y'all with some updates And see how we gonna celebrate that Cause we we gotta celebrate
0: it in a major way Yeah we gotta do something We gonna figure something out I admit that Um So with that being said man Um Today's episode I told y'all it's gonna be a little long Um Not just because Of everything we just did But What's coming up We got some very important conversations to have Um I'm not gonna lie man Um uh, I say this all the time. I say somehow, some way, every year, clockwork, right before the summertime, they start showing us all of these public lynchings. If you go back and look, just look at the dates of some of the people that have passed. It always happened May, June, July, Summertime, it is ramped up. Mm-hmm. Now, publicized lynchings, publicized lynchings, let me say that, because they happen all the time, mm-hmm. but this is just one that they so happen to put on media. So, I am heavily involved in community activism um, just because of the network I'm a part of. And um, today, I just wanted to invite y'all to hear the knowledge of my network and hear their thoughts on what is happening and what we should do as a community. Let's get into it. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this first person I'm about to bring to the microphone is someone that is no stranger um, to the community, but somebody that, I don't know if I ever said this to him, but this is who brought me into the movement. Uh, My movement uh, work actually started With my introduction of this brother And him bringing me into Let Us Make Man And the rest is history Uh, So I'm proud to announce that Today I'm bringing on my big brother My friend, my mentor Attorney, Mowley Mel Davis What's up bro? What's up, bro? How you doing, man? Man, I'm good, dog I'm good, dog, man. It's it's a pleasure to have hey, you I, on my podcast this time. <laughs> hey, hey, man, I'm going to tell
1: you, I'm starting to get a little salty, man. I was like, you know, what, what, is the brother going to get an invite on? You know, you got all of this traffic, everybody listening to you, you. You got connected with the young and the millennials and all of that. And I'm like, all right, brother can't get an invite, but here I am. So
0: thanks, bro. And I'm glad you're here, bro. And, and you know what? The 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 topics they just fall naturally. We just pick topics naturally. And today, man, we just wanted to talk about this movement. As you know, um, we have another publicized lynching because um, we understand it happens every day in this country. But we got one that they're publicizing a lot right now, and it's a lot of conversations going on. But I don't want. A real solution to get lost in the noise, because sure. I see a lot of people standing in solidarity. They running the two point two three miles, and that's great. And they posting pictures, but that is not where the work is being done. And yeah, I know for me, the only reason I stay as busy as I am doing the work is because of you. And brother Dare Bozeman, because y'all calling me, and y'all and, and y'all give me the opportunity to serve. So you know, I just wanted to have that conversation, um, and we can just start. We can just start with Ma, man, on that case in Brunswick. What are your thoughts on that? And kind of like, what would you want to see young people do, or just people in general do as a solution?
1: Yeah. So part of it is we have to just accept the fact that in order for us to get justice we got to work hard as hell for it. And and the work has to be consistent. The work has to be ongoing. It is a protracted struggle, as my some of my comrades from Malcolm X. Grassley's movement describe it as. It is a protracted struggle. So this lynching is really a symptom of the larger issue of the system of white supremacy continuing to uh, control how we move, live and die. And so we have to be clear about that. But I don't want anybody to think for a minute that the justice that we're fighting for is just in the vacuum of what happened in Brunswick, Georgia. This is happening all over the world in different ways. It's experienced through the miseducation of our children, the underemployment of black people. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, Jane and I were just talking about how America just doesn't value black life, period. Right. And and so we ought to just be clear about that. Part of it is a political education, raising our consciousness about this is a system. So don't, you know, it's not one racist move. You see how the system try to protect the white lives? That's what's important. Right. Right? Think about this. Let's just walk through it so that we can see how systems protect white lives and devalue black lives. A brother is jogging. They the allegation is that he commits a property crime. A property crime, right? It's not that he he. the, The allegation I'm talking about, even their narrative, doesn't say that he physically assaulted anyone. He sexually abused anyone. He did anything to any individual. Right. Their narrative was, it was a property crime, a burglary that he was, you know, breaking and entering. He was somewhere he wasn't supposed to be, whatever. And in their world, the property, the physical property is more valuable than the life of this black brother. And so they go out, Three white men, not just two, one of them video taping all of them armed. They go out, they hunt him, they box him in, and then they execute him. They lynch him. They physically attack this brother, and he fights for his life nobly, courageously, and then he ends up dead at their hands with a shotgun blast. He's unarmed. No drugs in the system. Has not committed any crime, and he's dead. So then, what does the system do? They come to the rescue, for white privilege? They come to the rescue. How does it? How, what does that look like? So, the first district attorney says um, holds it for three days. But when is the most important part of an investigation? The first what? Forty-eight. Forty-eight. All right. So the first forty-eight hours. They hold it for 72 hours and then say, oh, I better recuse myself. So what happens in that first 48? Are the the guns confiscated? Are people tested? People arrested? You know, that whole process that if the shoe was on the other foot would have automatically happened, did not happen, right? right? So then you have, then instead of arresting, it takes these two months that they're free. And, it took the video to come out. You got to look at the police report. I encourage all your listeners to look at the police report, the, the police report, and then the video. And we have this all the time in our cases where we'll get a police report and then a video will emerge later. And we'll say, Oh snap. Same thing happened in the Charlie Tilson case. You know, they gave us the, you know, what,
0: what was they. Can you tell people who Charlie Tilson is for those that don't know?
1: Absolutely. Another, another black man in Georgia who was killed by the system and no justice. In his case, Charlie was at the Rockdale County jail for disorderly conduct because he was having a mental health crisis and he's arrested. I mean, when I say mental health crisis, it's in the middle of the night. He's knocking on, on a door he used to live at. He's just totally confused instead of taking him to a healthcare facility they take the brother to jail. They they have to put him in a restraint chair. When they take him to the jail, what happened? Oh, he's not cooperative. So they use force on him on six different occasions, the personnel use force. So finally they say, Well, let's just throw him in solitary confinement. Put him in solitary confinement with no bed, no bed sheets, no toilet, no um sink zero and so he's naked and sleeping on the floor for seven days he loses 20 pounds in the nine days of his incarceration and he dies of severe dehydration something that is completely unheard of in uh, what you know in america but really around the world somebody dying of dehydration right no one has no one has been arrested in that case Dale. no one has even been fired in that case right and so this is so this is a, These are examples of how little uh, our lives are worth in America, and you know the reality is is that we just got to talk talk real about Georgia. Th- these are two Georgia cases where uh, black boys, young black men, their lives just didn't matter, and and it takes us to rise up and to be consistent in our agitation, consistent in our
0: advocacy in order to get any similar of justice in it all. So can I ask you a question? Um, Because I know I've had the opportunity to sit with you for hours and just talk movement talk from your days in Philly where you really got it as an organizer to your days when you were in the Navy. So what do you see the difference from when you were my age organizing and, uh, the energy of the young people around you versus my age group and younger and their energy to get involved. What's the difference? Yeah.
1: So up until, um, black lives matter, you know, it felt like there was a lack of activist energy. You know what I'm saying? It was a, but, but we had in it, in Atlanta, we had, Hashtag is bigger than you with Sister L and a lot of our young people. Um, We had um, Rise Up Georgia. Um, I mean, we had a number of different um, young organizing collectives. One of the challenges, and and see, I don't come out of the civil rights movement. I come out of the Pan-African Black Nationalist african Center Education Movement. So that's where I... That who brought me into the movement, the the Conrad Warrells, the Anderson Thompson, uh, Leonard Jeffries, John Henry Clark, Maremba Ani, Those are the people that influenced my thinking and perspective. And you know, we were talking about white supremacy before it was, com- you know, before it was comfortable. Right. You know, we were just it, we were calling it what it was. Looking at Millie, Millie Fuller you know, in terms of the systems, if you don't understand white supremacy, everything else will confuse you. That's what we were eating. You know, that's what we got, right? right. And so the difference that I see right now is um, in this in this moment, my hope is that the young people who continue to organize, man, we gotta look at this thing historically. We, we, we have to learn the lessons of of those who came before us and, and don't think for a moment that, that this organizing effort, that this work is, is like, disconnected from what we've been doing. There's a, there's a book called river, this river, um, river struggle really is, is, uh, Vincent Harding talked about it. He was a historian who's now an ancestor. He talked about this ongoing river of, uh, this black river of struggle. And, and it's important that, we don't connect ourselves just poetically that we're part of this Black liberal struggle, but that we engage in conversations with the most radical elements of the Black liberation, Black freedom movement and have those kinds of conversations and not just uh, reduce everyone or try to put everyone in a box of, well, you know, y'all just walk through the streets singing um you know we shall overcome i'm not even a part of that generation i respect the fact that they risked their lives right i respect the fact that they gave life that they took beating that we've never taken you know but we can't minimize any prior group any prior generation struggle for freedom if they engaged in it we gotta honor it we gotta learn about it respect it and move forward and and then I'll say this, man. Um, I'm 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 troubled at times by the the ego that is so much a part of of activism. Yeah, and we, see today, we see that a yeah, lot. We see that Yeah, it it troubles me because the, my interest is to be liberated. Not to be famous, not to be popular, but to be free. Right. And and to build organization. And so I think that we have to, you know, there's a activist and an organizer side. And we have to become more long term organizers and not just rely on the mobilization because right? activists, we mobilize. We're going to bring thousands of people next Saturday down to Brunswick, and we're going to mobilize. The question, mobilizing what the what the system relies on is for us to mobilize and then for our energy to just peter out. The That's what they, they yeah, they, they rely on that. They're like, okay, they'll go off. They'll be mad. They'll be mad for a day. they are mad for two days, and then they're going to go back, and it's just going to be, you know, what it was. And so our our efforts have to be to organize sustained resistance that disrupts the folks in Brunswick to the point that they're like, man, we don't have to do something, man, or these Negroes going to keep coming down here. They gonna, and, and the folks that are there, we got to support that indigenous leadership, the folks that are in that, you know, for two months, there were people in Brunswick, who was who supporting this this family, right? right? So we can't we can't come with the celebrity and 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 then just you know piss on their work. They they were holding this family down. They were keeping it out there. They run the alarm. They, were, they were, they're the reason they, we know about it. Man, they've been ringing the, alarm, ringing the alarm and then finally the video came out. Right, right. And once the video comes out, then it's undeniable. So we have to respect the indigenous leadership, the folks that are there, and then we have to, in partnership with them, figure out how can we keep bringing people into the space that's going to create enough discomfort for the power structure that they say, all right, in addition to arresting these two, we got to arrest this other guy. The DA has to resign right. and and face disbarment. You know, they barred the DA for prosecuting the Duke lacrosse players. You remember that, right? I remember. where. So so if they would prosecute someone, if they would disbar someone for prosecuting, for pro- prosecutorial misconduct, this is prosecutorial misconduct that you would try to... Pre- I mean, she literally got in the way and prevented them from being arrested. And so we've got to deal with her uh, and and look at the entire system, and just go at each and every person who played a who played a role in the system, so that it can serve as um, a lesson for those who are just in the system. You know, um, one of the things, and then I I keep moving, man. I know I'm talking my your head off, but <laughs> but check one of the things is that during the uh, nazis extermination uh, attempt to exterminate uh, jewish people in uh in germany one of the things that that people or or the people who were pulling the trigger would say was i was just following orders right mm-hmm. like i was i was just following orders so we we have to get to a place and and so out of that came this idea that some orders are just not lawful. And I, you can't just allow because it, because it's an order. I'm so glad you, you said can't, that. Uh, you can't
0: allow it to just go. I'm so glad you, you know said I mean? I'm, so, I'm glad you said that. Because speaking of lawful, because it's legal don't mean it's right. We've say, we say Bruh. that a lot. And, uh, and now, now I want to transition. Because me and you are doing some work right now with the uh, Georgia Coalition to Save Lives on this COVID-19 right. stuff. And so, hot, hot news, hot take, Westcare is opening their offices on Monday. And, oh, man. So, I mean, yeah. just talk about the work you're doing with uh, that coalition and how we're moving with the governor yeah. here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and and man, it goes back to humility, you know. Um right I, I Try to stay in my lane and just work and grind and build. And I got a call from Joe Beasley, an elder, and he's a civil rights elder who, who has very much Pan African leanings. And he um, called and was like, "Brother Davis, is there a way we can bring some legal, um, a lawsuit or something to stop the governor from reopening the state prematurely and getting our people sick? This is a you know this is a life or death situation, so." I'm, you know, he's an elder. I, I said, well, hold on. Let me, let me check. Let me reach to some of my, um, lawyers, um, my brothers and sisters in the law. And so we pulled together a conference, a call, a Zoom call, I had some incredible lawyers, man, um, black, white, you know, progressives, uh, just, just radical lawyers who think outside the box, who sue the government regularly. Um, we have Brian Spears who is uh, used to, back in the day, work with on a lot of the Ku Klux Klan cases, man, and, you know, going after the Klan. Uh, we had um, Tiffany Williams Roberts, one of my sisters. Who, you know, she was in Georgia State after me, and she's just a phenomenal um, organizer, and attorney, um, My law partner, Harold Spence. So it was just a gathering of lawyers, but what came out of it. And see, this is why it's, you know, organic, organizing and, and allowing stuff to move, we realized that some of our black legislators, Brother Bodie and Billy Mitchell and Sister Kim Schofield, they they were like, look, we we need to meet with the governor. Like, we haven't had a, uh, you know, we haven't provided input, and our communities are the most heavily impacted. And so right. we're all stunned. You know, we're all stunned, man. We're like, what? Like, y'all are out-elected. Are officials and you all haven't had any input into the decisions that are being made um, and it's just it just didn't make any sense so out of that we said well let's write the letter and then let you reach out to organizations and so we were reaching the organizations Nancy Flake Johnson from the Urban League just incredible um, Claire Snyder. Sch- uh, from um, the works with us in the Beacon Hill, Black Alaska Human Rights, um, Imar Kennedy, just a group of people, man, who just started calling and reaching. And before you know it, we have 70 organizations, from the National Medical Association, which is all of the black um, physicians in the country, the National Bar Association, which are all of the black lawyers in the country, to the NAACP, the Urban League, my name Marcus Coleman with SOS, obviously Let Us Make Med, um, concerned Black cur- clergy, Reverend Derek Rice, shout out to him today it's his birthday. So all of these organizations said we need to have this meeting, Governor, and um, and it, it's, it's necessary and important for us to have a dialogue and have some input into these decisions because it's impacting Black, Brown, and poor people. And so that's the Georgia Coalition to Save Lives, and that's what emerged. And it's continuing to evolve. And so we'll, there's so many components to it because there's so much work to be done when you talk about Georgia Coalition to save lives. How do we do that? And how do we help educate our young people from running out at the mall without no mask on? Right, right. You know, all that, you know, so it's, it's not just we need to meet with you, Governor. We also are trying to formulate ways to address what's going on with our young people and make sure they're, they're moving with a, a clear head and then make a better decision. Like tangible. We, we want to protect your life, you know, and your life is, is more important than, Oh, the governor said we can open up. So we just swing the doors open. It just, we can't, you know, that's why we gotta, that's like self-determination is, is it's a, it's a political challenge, but it's a practical reality, right? now. You know, people think when you're talking about self-determination, you're talking about getting your own land. I'm talking about right now, control your own family. Control your own body. Control right. your own decision-making and not let the government dictate to you oh, it's safe and you go for that when they've already shown that they're not interested in protecting your black body.
0: Right. So, what I said today, I was like the best thing you could do for Ahmad is join an organization. Dedicated to Black sure. Liberation. Turn your anger to action. Turn your uh, disappointment to dedication. Join the fight using your time, treasure, and talent. If you really want to see change, that wow. was the, that was the tweet that I put out, and I and, was and, and here, you 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 were on it, and it's
1: it's it's consistent with everything Kwame oh. Ture would say. Organize, organize, organize. Because right. here's the thing, L, you know, The bottom line is. It's a system of oppression, right? right. And so how, how can an individual, and this is what frustrates me when I hear individuals try to claim victories that are people's victories. There ain't, man, there there are any, any major case that we've ever dealt with. i always, we always engage community. We always make it clear the role community plays in any victory. And we always are thankful and grateful for community, the people, engaging and creating an atmosphere where we can get some stimulus of justice. So it frustrates me when individuals try to claim a victory that is a people's victory. Don't do that to the people because our people need to know that they help us win. And right. if they, if, if, Because we got to stop looking for the, for the hero. You're the hero. The sister's the hero. The brother's the hero. We all we we all the heroes, and it's all a collective effort. There is no liberation. There's no salvation. That's individualistic. It it won't happen. It's never happened that way. I dare anyone to to show me a social justice movement, a revolution, anything where there was individual victory. Don't work like that. It doesn't work like that. It's it's always collective. The masses of our people, every accomplishment, every opportunity, the fact that I can have a black law firm is was birthed out of the struggle of the masses of our people, and so we owe that back to our folks, right? And so it's no, you know, we just can't confuse people with, oh, you know, I did this, I did that. Nah, man, I was a part of something, I helped build something, and and if we are. Um, consistent with our ancestors, we should be building for eternity right, right. you can go back to you can go back to ancient um, Egypt the Kemet and they built up they built it like we're building this to stay so they can so people will ever know that we were here right that we were we, we were here we were brilliant, we were beautiful and we, we brought this to uh, humanity and and so you write on it, I think um, you got to join an organization because if we're not organized, how can you defeat a system when you're not when you're not organized? And always, you got to go to my basketball analogy if you got time. Yeah, you know, you, you look at you look at Michael Jordan. Everybody's been watching. Um, the last The dance. Last Dance, right. yeah, right. Everybody watching The Last Dance, and so you have Michael Jordan those first couple of years in the league, and. He was the best player in the league, and and all of the everybody was like, man, he's the best player in the league, just incredible. But it wasn't until they implemented a system, right? It wasn't until Phil Jackson they implemented a system, they put the right people in place, they started working as a team with a system that they're able to beat another system, the, right. the system they had to overcome with the Detroit Pistons, right? And then they, you, you understand, so. It's the same analogy that applies in sports applies in our struggle. Is that there will be there will be charismatic people. There will be people who are um, clearly gifted in certain things. But it is a system that can defeat another system, not an individual. This ain't tennis. It's not golf. It is a a team effort, and and so I would love folks to join and just, man, you got to join where you're comfortable. You know, um, Carmen Touré talked about all of the organizations that he, he joined in his lifetime. And, you know, if one doesn't fit you, you know, move to another, create mm-hmm. more, but, but ideally try to figure out a way. Cause one of the, one of our greatest challenges is working through our differences. We, we, we run too quickly from, um, uh, you there? We run too quickly from our um, our differences with each other, right? Right. And so we gotta, you know, muscle through the the challenges that we have with each other, and just say, you know, man, I'm uh, I'm not necessarily feeling how you're moving but I'm going to rock with you and I'm going to figure it out and we're going to muscle through it because truth be told, the, the, the best indicator is, you know, we're not so quick to just, you know, people say, well, I don't like this. I don't like them. You don't like your job, but you ain't running off of it. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, most, most of our folks will, will, will stay on a job that they don't like. They don't enjoy um, but but give up on our people and our movement and you know too easily and we give other folks two, three, four, five a hundred chances and they screw us over over and over again and we stick with them but we won't stick with our own we keep um, back. people who, we keep yeah bro we'll keep coming back to that
0: I do so, got one qu- I got one more question because uh, next I'm calling yeah. uh, Baba AK and um, Good. and Mukasa Ricks so like
1: oh wow you yeah, man you should have brought them on I, I would have shut up man I didn't know they would tell me I would have been a
0: lot more hey, succinct nah, I'm nah, sorry now nah, we got time we got time man this is what I want the people to get access so I don't take for granted man I get to walk around giants every day and there's some living legends that's in our streets that people just don't know about so they had the right. ability to call Baba AK and uh, uh, Baba Ricks like that is that is yeah. that right there is invaluable and uh, yep. I just want to give people access to that today. But, uh, one, before I ask you a question, please tell people uh, how can they get in touch with the law firm and how can they yep. uh, support yep. you guys?
1: Sure, sure, man. People can. Uh, we are at Davis Bozeman Law. Davis Bozeman Law. Um, and then with Davis Bozeman, we're, like, on all, all platforms, IG, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can call us, four four two four four two zero zero four you know um we're able to to choose the work that we do because black people choose us and what i mean by that is you know folks choose us when they're in a, a regular old fender bender. they don't go choosing somebody on tv who will never stand up for black folk. they choose us because when they choose us it allows us to keep our business going and allow us to fight the necessary fights on behalf of black folks, even when we have to do them pro bono. So, um, you know, please support black businesses, support, um, you know, our firm If, if you got another black firm you support, support them and, and ask them and encourage them to engage in social justice work and not just, um, you know, make money. It's like the corner store, you know, folks come in our community they set up the corner store, we come and patronize it, then it's time to support our young kids that want to uh, go off and, uh, you know, need some football equipment or want to go to a spelling bee or some other kind of intellectual academic endeavor. Then you go ask for some money to support it, and they don't give you a penny. They just want to take. Hey, there's no reciprocity. So this is good on reciprocity, one of the, you know, fundamental underlying concepts and principles of my I, and so that's that's what we do we call it the liberation model um and and that's the work man so appreciate you brother brother Keith sound like you over there man in some kind of way um yes sir making this making this uh Making it happen, man. Like always, man. The, hey, the audio, audio engineer
0: extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. <laughs> last, last question, Mavala. You had said something. You said you're going to keep organizing and you want to work till we free. As an activist Pan-African, what does freedom look like for you?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, man. And, and, and Jane and I have these conversations all the time, man. Uh, we have to have Control over land that we can govern ourselves, right? I'm not saying that everybody has to be on that on that land, but there has to be some space on planet Earth, some space. And, and there is, and we, you've been to Africa and I've been to Africa, where where white supremacy does not control the resources of the land. Right. There has to be one place on the planet where black people control black resources, what is in the land, on the land, the people, all of those uh, aspects of, you know, of our existence. And until that exists, that one space, and I don't, I, don't, I don't know how big it has to be. I don't know if it has to be the size of, of, of Georgia or if it has to be all five of the southern states that our comrades um, in the New African uh, People's Movement Call for, um, but it has to be some land, somewhere on planet Earth, black folk uh, should have, as Brother Malcolm would say, our place in the sun, mm-hmm. some place, and we don't, we don't right now, but we will, because That's... the civilizations that exist right now are all built on on, on our um, backs, our intellect, our culture, so it's just a matter of organization. And
0: then it's done I'll take that I'll take that Brother Malo I just appreciate you man Like I want to publicly say Thank you For recruiting me man Seeing something in me And giving me an opportunity To join Join a good fight I appreciate you brother
1: Man I, I, I appreciate you I appreciate you And brothers like Keith man Who give me hope That um, we're going to continue to do the work with integrity. With integrity. Continue to do the work with integrity because, at the end of the day, man, our our people need us to move with integrity so bad, with good character because we have just, um, there's just been so many charlatans, so many fakes and frauds, and they still keep emerging. And so we have to give them our very best, man. And um, I appreciate you brothers for. You know,
0: keeping the keeping the light on, as they say. <laughs> Keep the light on, bro. We got it, man. All right, we gonna rock. Love y'all, man. Hold love it y'all, down, brother. See you next week. All right, no doubt. See. Right. Oh, man, when I say I love that brother, dog. I ain't gonna lie.
3: That's a, that's a real brother bro That's a real brother I, I be
0: brother. telling people Like that's like My blueprint man When I just talk about where, Like people like What you trying to be what are you trying to do Like I'm not If I would've met him Earlier in life I probably would've been An attorney Not probably yeah. I know I would've
3: Yeah you definitely you definitely probably Would've been an attorney
0: Yeah if I would've met him Cause I actually wanted to be When I was younger Like I used to like that stuff But I ain't never seen No black I was the Monroe I ain't never seen No black attorney So it's like if I would have met Maui with them earlier Yeah Bro it was over But From the concept of him as an entrepreneur A business owner And I see how he leverages his business To fund his work in the community
3: Maui's the realest dude I know Getting money And staying black Like <clears throat> We talk about this all the time Getting right?
0: that check, bro Like folks with y'all to act like You can't be black and get bread bro Like my boy is a direct example. You can get this bread,
3: and you could be black. Period. Like for sure. No, like no questions asked. Get money. Be black. We we talk about this unapologetically
0: before. black. I'm Your unapologetically logo is a, a Dinkra sign. Your law firm is bringing in M. So, my whole point. What I want people to hear from these people I'm calling. Like, because people be seeing me do a lot of stuff in the community, and I do it because this is who I'm around. Like, these brothers you hearing today, these voices you hearing, this is what I'm taking in on the regular basis. Mm-hmm. Just knowledge, information, history, wisdom. Man,
3: I love Miles so much because that dude got me out of a horrible situation when I was working the job, and I did some shady shit. And um, I had, like, a little pending charge on me, and he did... First time meeting him He did that free law service At the um, What's call a Museum At the Apex Museum Free Free law So he did it for like Three hours I heard him on the radio And I went down there With my paperwork And I was like Brother can you help me And he sat there For a good Like 20 minutes Worked it all that with me And told me exactly What I needed
0: to do And it was done What's so crazy What I love about your story You were so intertwined With Let Us Make Man Brothers like from you <laughs> met Maverick through that, you were taught by Toonji and Walker. Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just to just to, like it's like that's y'all cool, man. Like you was exposed. Like, hell, you've been knowing longer than me. But, yeah.
3: <laughs> like Especially with Toonji. Like yeah. like the, for you to say like this, this and this is what's so crazy when you tell your stories about stuff. How I know things are influential. Cause if Toonji would have been your teacher in high school, you would have been on that same stuff. Like Toonji was the first he was the first Disruptor Like whenever I think Disruption I think right. Tunji Cause he was the first Teacher I see With a dashiki on Sitting Indian style And he you Say and, it he tell you to, and he tell you To toss those books Like you know Them crazy Take your books And rip them Like <laughs> he was one of those Like take your books And toss them And then he's just Teaching you
0: everything For y'all don't know Go to episode 17 I'm an educator Not a teacher You'll get the uh <laughs> Listen to just the story of uh some of Keith old teachers and how they're killing the game right now in the education system. And and those are the minds that we gotta call on as we go into the new norm of what education looks like mm-hmm. because of COVID nineteen. So this next person I wanna call, uh I'm seeing if he is available. Ladies and gentlemen, this next person I'm about to bring to the microphone uh, is somebody who I admire, respect. Since the day I met him, he has been nothing but a wealth of knowledge, a well of knowledge, in which he has quenched my conscious thirst many times. Um, this brother is a genius. Um I was actually introduced to him by the brother we just spoke to, Attorney Miley Mel Davis. So I'm excited to bring my big brother, my mentor, Baba AK, on the microphone. Y'all make some noise. Baba, how you doing, brother?
2: I'm doing
0: well, L. Rage. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So, i to play on your name. <laughs> I already know. <laughs> I already know. <laughs> so, uh, man, I first of all, I feel like a big deal because you're on my podcast right now. Let me just say that. <laughs> uh, and, and well, and vice versa. I'm, I'm,
2: I'm happy that you asked me. Yes, I'm honored that you asked me.
0: So I'm excited, man. We uh just got Mowley off the phone and you already know he uh he goes hard like he does. But I just wanna keep the conversation going. Um uh, just a conversation yes, about sir. tangible things that we as a people, as a community, how one, what's the perspective? How should we be looking at this and how can we move forward in a proactive way to help our our world get better?
2: Yes, sir. Well, In this particular incident, I mean, we just see um, the continuation of the war on our people. You know, war that began. We were brought here in a state of war, right? We were brought here as captives. And even though we're in the 21st century, and even though there's been civil rights legislation planned, uh, you know, implemented, the continuation of our people existence here is still based on the foundation of our enslavement and then even after our enslavement, they would you know, history books called Jim Crow us, but so we basically lived in apartheid and even though shadow slavery is no longer legal except for if you're convicted for a crime right? and even though apartheid or Jim Crow segregation is no longer legal. Our treatment, we're still treated as, is what some people would call a colonized people. We still are under somebody else's control and the basic attitude of many of the descendants of white settlers are still that we aren't human beings. And in that climate, in that condition, you know, they feel, some of them feel they could violate our rights and, yes, and even take our lives at any time. And so this is why, you know, my point, my second point will be that we need to stay organized to protect and defend ourselves. Right. And I'm of the belief that it's not just a small group of people who can protect and defend our community, that we as a community need to be organized. So no matter what we're a part of, if we're part of churches, our churches need to be organized. If we're part of sororities and fraternities, our sororities and fraternities need to be organized, well, if we're a part of civic organizations, we need to be organized to protect and defend ourselves. Right. It's the responsibility of our entire community, and not, again, not just a small band of brothers are going to be able to do this. Uh, we need to have, uh, you know, one of my uh, brothers in the struggle is Brother Watani Tahemba, And one of the things Watani promoted for years is we needed what he called a new African martial survival culture. What does that mean? That we need to train our children even that they should be on alert to protect themselves and to protect their elders and protect all their family members and community members. This is something that we need to uh instilling our children as they grow up because again um, people are waging war against us
0: and do me a and favor do, do me a favor one more time say say the name of what you call what he, he called it again because you had called
2: why calls it a new African martial survival culture. In other words in Perfect. certain Asian communities they have a culture training their people in the martial arts. And when we talk about the martial arts in our case, we're not limited to kicking with our feet and punching with our hands, but using any weapon that's available to us to protect ourselves and to protect our community. And so we need to have that type of culture where we're training our youth uh, to protect themselves.
0: And I think, why is it, I got a question. Because that's currently in in just, I can only speak from what I see. And I'm not talking Mm -hmm. about like my, my movement relationships and family. I'm just talking about Mm -hmm. my other family I see, that's just not the culture The culture is not a culture of Protection The culture is not a culture of training Uh, And I know you uh, You wrote the book, you authored the book We Will Shoot Back On resistance in the Mississippi Freedom Movement Like like, What do you see the difference from Then In the freedom movement back in Mississippi To right now And how our people are fighting
2: I think that it was more of a sense of family and community. And so the people I talked to in Mississippi who defended their churches, they defended their neighborhoods when they were under attack. They defended their um, leaders in the community. They defended um, the elders, things of that nature during the Civil Rights Movement in Mississippi, when folks came down to register for people to vote, they were provided protection. And so, uh, because, you know, the FBI wasn't going to do it, the local police wasn't going to do it, and many times the local police was involved with the Ku Klux Klan. So they had to protect themselves, but it was built on a culture where people trained their youth how to use guns to be able to protect their neighborhoods even some of the elder women I interviewed talk about how their fathers trained them how to shoot to protect them from white rapists. And so it was a part of a community culture and tradition. It wasn't, again, it wasn't just a small group that was assigned to protect the community and everybody else just depended upon them. Sometimes they did have specialized forces, but the whole community was prepared to defend itself but it was a sense of family and community. I think the difference today has been that we are more individualized mm. than we were then, so we don't have a sense of watching each other's back. And that's why when I started to talk about this protection, I said, with the group you roll with, because some of us still roll with a crew, whether right. it's our fraternity, sorority, whether it's our church, our my <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. We should uh, got a crew. Many of us are a, a part of organizations. And I think once we get more organized, then it's a incumbent upon the organizations to link up. Even your family. Um, I think your family is a crew. When I'm saying, I'm saying you not only your mama, daddy, but, you know, your your uh, sons, your daughters, your cousins, your brothers and sisters. Y'all are a crew. And particularly during this pandemic, we need to be in touch with one another to figure out what other folk need. It's not even just a question of guns and stuff. It's a question of just organization and protecting and watching each other's back. If people need food, if people need medical care, if people just need wisdom and advice, um, information, um, we need to do that, you know, so I, I know in my own family we're not only sharing, well, what to watch on Netflix, <laughs> but we <we're> sharing <laughs> what the news is. Right. we sharing, like, um, what strengthen our immune system, you know what I mean? So, um, we're just trying to stay more aware, and that's something that we should just incorporate in our family structures at this time. Uh, if, if, if we've had Beasts with each other, it's time to at least have conversation and communication. Nobody needs to be left out there. So uh, to answer your question, I just think we're more individualistic today, and some of the old things that our ancestors had that helped us survive the plantation, that helped us survive doing segregation, you know, some of us begin to think we free, <laughs> and we forget you know, or we not aware uh, until something like this happens. Because I've been, you know, checking social media posts and brothers and sisters, you know, or ha- have had enough. But we need to look toward each other for answers, right? Right. We need to look to each other for strength and spirit and spirituality. You know, no matter what our religions are, but just rely upon each other because the Calvary is not coming, <laughs> you know what I mean? And particularly with this uh, guy in the White House, I mean, it's even making these people more bold. I often tell people this didn't start with his election. It started with, actually with the, not started, but it got more energized with the election of President Obama. And some of these people who just couldn't handle that a person of African descent was the president of the United States, and that's why forty-five was elected because of that uh, whitelash, you know, uh, back a uh, backlash, you know, white backlash that elected uh, Donald Trump because of the fear, you know, these folks said that uh, what they uh, it's not their country anymore, and and of course, even under Obama, uh, we had Trayvon Martin, right? You know, we had Freddie Gray and all these other folks, Uh, Sandra Bland, you know, uh, all these people were killed by police, vigilantes, security guards, during the administration of President Obama. So it wasn't that it was a black power situation. No, it wasn't. We still need self-determination. We still need to control our own communities. As you've always preached, we need to get our... Economic situation together, at least depending upon one another, until we can create a system that's more equitable. But we, but right now, we need to support each other, even economically. I, I would argue that supporting and building black cooperatives, or uh, 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 building cooperative economics, is a form of self-defense. So when we see groups, I believe like that wholeheartedly. wholeheartedly. Yes, sir. That's a part of, part of our self-defense. So when I talk about self-defense, it's not just, you know, physical or protecting ourselves from white violence. But if we can look at it to, to try to starve our community is a form of violence. So we do need urban gardening, again, right. to help build our capacity to feed one another. We need to support brothers and sisters in enterprises. I know I um, was able to purchase hand sanitizer from uh, Black Mermaid soap uh, that produces black cosmetics, but they started producing um, hand sanitizer. And then nice. a sister, Aim Strong I Productions.
0: from a black-owned business the other day, gloves and masks.
2: I bought a mask from Aim Strong Productions, sister, and in Middle Georgia, who makes clothes, but she started producing a mask for this, this you know this time period. So we got to support do, those enterprises, and hopefully some of them who we support can begin to contribute to brothers and sisters who ain't, don't even have anything. Right. So um, that's a part of our self defense and self protection uh, is that economic piece, and even uh, in terms of educating our children and 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 providing good information in self-defense also because, you know, it's a lot of BS information out there that would have us distracted. I mean, we could even see how 45 was elected through some of the misinformation that was put in out there for us, not only by the Russians, but many of them but by the Republican Party to, um, you know, put stuff on the Internet that would confuse us. And help get 45 elected. So we need to be, when we say self-defense, we do talk about the physical. And we need to protect ourselves and learn how to defend ourselves and make sure we can physically defend um, our elders. You know, because oftentimes think about what happened in Charleston, South Carolina a few years ago when the white, little white supremacists I want to call them a little bit more strong but I know you're going to it against other places but <laughs> when the white supremacists went in the church and shot up the church man. and I, I thought that our elders need to be safe when they go to worship and so we need to make sure that that
0: never happens again Deacons of defense you know? That's right man. And you the know de- what, I'm not even going to lie It's like you know, you know I'm a data man. It's all about data. Like, and I tell people like we got so much data on white people and their hate for us. It's like I don't even understand how you see something else and you get surprised. Like, but I'm not gonna lie to you. That situation that not only surprised me, it almost broke my spirit. In the sense of to know that this white boy go in here, cold blooded, kill nine people in this church and you know these Mm -hmm. are elders these are grandmas these are like some of the most sweet defenseless population he could find right goes in there and kill them and then to know that the police not only arrested him safely they fed him on the way to jail one more, you yeah, I mean, that, away, that, that, that team, devil, that devil sat
3: in there and prayed with them first. You forgot that yeah. he came in and had a service, right?
0: Then killed those people. That's right. the devil. So, bro. so it's like that one right there. I'm not gonna lie. The only other one that kind of just like, because I don't want to say it, say it like, oh, none of them get to me. But that, and then just thinking about Samir Rice, less than. A right. few seconds, just a right. few seconds. Like I just think right. about those man, and it's just like it angers me so much. It angers me, and I think you know uh, James Baldwin. I'm am a probably gonna butcher it the most, but he said just to be conscious in America is to always be in a state of anger. And right. I, I so when stuff like this happens, what angers me is the surprise. Like I see people talking about movement work that I'm like, brother, we've been needing you. We still battling uh, Kendrick Johnson. You know what I mean? Like we still trying to figure out stuff that just because it's not being on the news, it's almost, it it gives me this sense of feeling that like people wait for permission to talk about this stuff and the permission when the news talk about it. So for me, I know what has kept me involved is my involvement with organizations organizations that right. do the work so like I mean can right. you talk to so there's somebody out there I am uh, I go to a church but they really ain't doing nothing my fraternity or sorority they really ain't movement what is an organization someone specifically I mean you could talk about it on a national level but I do have a, a dense population here in the Atlanta area what can we do right. to get involved what type of organization well
2: there are several organizations that are already out there. Some of them you're involved in. Right. Like I know you're involved in the Black Man's Lab. Right. That meets every Monday, <laughs> every Monday, and so you can get mentors in that organization. Uh, there, there are groups. Another that's affiliated with Black Man's Lab. You have Let Us Make Man, which right. is another powerful organization. One of the things I love about Let Us Make Mad is the fact that they raise money to support our young people going to college every year. Right. And I, I'm very impressed with that. I myself, I'm a member of the Malcolm X grassroots movement. MXGM. <laughs> MXGM. And we actually do work in support of our political prisoners like. Dr. Matulu Shakur, who uh, many of y'all know as the father of Tupac Shakur. Uh, So we support political prisoners like Dr. Shakur and other political prisoners. We do the annual Malcolm X Festival and other events, but a lot of our most important work is with our youth. And so we work some of the same things I, I talked about that we have to pass on to our youth. We have the New African Scout Organization that meets every Saturday with young people from six all the way to 18 years old. We also have Camp Zico every summer, where we have youth from around the country. We've been involved in getting political power for our people in Jackson, Mississippi. And I could talk to you more about that, but there we've helped build the People's Assembly in Jackson, Mississippi. So those are some of the efforts of MXGM. If you're interested in reparations for our people, then one of the organizations is the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America. And I actually believe that in terms of our policy, reparations is something that we need to seek as a people Um, and people usually think of it in terms of just being a check and getting a payment. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about just like the $1,200 that we recently got or some of us got because we know that don't go nowhere. Right. But one of the things that Cobra supported in Chicago was in, not Chicago, but really Evanston, Illinois, is a, a city councilwoman there uh, named Robin Simmons. She got passed some legislation just in their local community where $10 million fund was created from the sale of legal marijuana, and that would be used for first-time black homeowners. Wow. For people who already own homes and to uh, build their, or, or, or make their homes more sustainable. Uh, they also are putting some of that money to dedicate it toward mental health and physical health for our people in the community because we know particularly how we're dying with this disease that there are health disparities between us and the white population in the United States. So this, this is just a few other organizations. It's all, also uplifting Us that deals with economic Empowerment, right? So Ulu. there's a variety, uh, Ulu. There's a variety of different organizations in our community. Many of us are part of the Georgia Coalition to Save Lives, right? Which is a movement to challenge the governor's order because we know that many of our people are. High, uh, it's a high proportion of our people who are contracting this disease and dying from this disease in Georgia and throughout the United States. And there are two reasons for it. Number one is the health disparities that already exist between our people and the white settler population. But then there's a significant amount of our people who are in these service jobs who are working at the store or Working wherever, delivering food, delivering pizza, delivering what, are doing whatever necessary out there to earn a living and for their families, and they oftentimes are not provided with the proper protection. Even sisters who are working as nurses or whatever in the health industry, but they're not given the proper protection. There's not been the proper testing or whatever, and so they're at more at risk than other folks. And our people are highly concentrated in those particular industries and fields. Even people who work in terms of food production um, have a high concentration of not only our people, but our Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters. And so the Coalition to Save Lives is another powerful organization that's engaged in that. there, but there's a variety of organizations in Atlanta. With our LGBTQ uh, community, there's like songs, Southerners on the ground. And they do not only work around that particular issue, but they were some of the leaders in the black mothers bailout during Mother's Day. I'm not sure if there's one this year, but the last year they bailed out women who were incarcerated, who couldn't get out. Uh, because they couldn't pay fines. But again, now that changed in the, the, the city. Mama, the
0: mama bailout, the mama bailout. Black
2: mama bailout, and they did one during Father's Day. And they um, that work they did was essential, and they led the coalition. They were part of the coalition that got cash bail ended in the city of Atlanta. You also have the AYA Institute that promotes education of our youth. But not only I is doing that, but during this pandemic, They've been organizing people around doing urban gardening. They've been organizing people in Gola around. Gardens. They're the reason why I started in Gola my garden. In terms of building their own immune system, and then getting more information, um, we have. So again, in a lot of, we got a variety of groups that are out there, and I've left several out <laughs> uh, that, that are out there and a groups that I, I support personally. I work with. We've got the child that does urban gardening. Um um and trains people in urban gardening. We got individuals working with them like uh, the phenomenal Ross Kofi and others, Ross Kofi Koyana, uh, who does who's known as a farmer does that type of work
0: strong brother so, that's that's why i got my seedlings from from my garden <laughs> strong brother but you're doing yeah. exactly what i want like i just want people to hear that there are opportunities and places for you to plug in and Maverick said it best plug in where you fit in check right. out an organization see what they're about if this is something you want to be involved with just jump in. You know what I mean? And, and I tell people, you can join. You can support the movement with your time, treasure, or talent. You know what I'm saying? Some of us got more than others. I'm one of those brothers that have always brought more time and talent to the movement than anything else. I know brothers that bring their treasure to it, but everybody has a role, and we need everybody all hands on deck right now.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. One of the good, strong organizations is Project South, and Project South does a lot of community education and advocacy, too. So, again, we got, we got a plethora of organizations about to use the word <laughs> in Atlanta, and, you know, we, we, we just need to help build. Um, we got venues to get information, you know, whether it's WAOK and some of the programming there. I used to hear you on there. I'd love to hear you some Mondays when you were on there, Brother Elvis. Yeah. Uh, but we got... Uh, but Derek Bozeman, is too much truth is another place to get information. You got several programmers on radio station WRFD who provide information because part of this is to make sure that you're getting proper information. All right. So, and so um, just stay alert and stay aware. And so you can share this information because it's not... About getting information, so you could be the smartest guy or, or assistant in the room, but you want to share this information in a humble way with our brothers and sisters so we all could be more informed. No, none of us knows everything, but all of us can put our heads together, as Malcolm X used to say, to create a program that the world has never seen. And that's what we're going to need. I mean, and I'm a believer. Uh, we need to be organized here, and we need to connect with our brothers and sisters throughout the world, uh, You know, particularly in the Western Hemisphere and places like Cuba and Venezuela and Brazil, Bolivia. we got African people, Colombia, and we need to connect with those brothers and sisters as well as our brothers and sisters on the continent. And I, I'm remiss because I didn't mention Haiti. <laughs> Around the world, we need to connect with our people and build.
0: So, brother, man, I, I thank you so much for uh, coming in. Before uh, we wrap it up, do you got anything you just want to say, anything you want to shout out to the people, any words of encouragement?
2: Well, one other thing I want to shout out is, again, I mentioned we got to educate our youth, educate our children. And one of the things uh, since the pandemic began, uh, you know, my, my wife and my daughter and, Work with Colombo Academic and Cultural Institute. Yeah, yeah, and they've been yeah. constantly educating online since this whole thing began. And they've even had families who join them because, you know, their school shut down and they already didn't believe in them in the places their children were being educated. So if they go to ColomboSchool.com and Colombo spells K I L O M B as in boy, O M B school.com they can find out information on the Colombo school and we do uh, education that focuses not only on our culture and history but you know it's very tight in terms of getting students not only on grade level but above grade level because we're not just studying for whatever their tests are even though we can achieve on their tests, we're struggling we're, we're, we're providing education for our own self-determination and self-reliance of a people.
0: Well, I can say Colombo uh, Academic Schools, man, is probably one of the greatest schools in this state, in this country. Uh, I've had the opportunity to work with y'all on many levels. And I know every time I go to the school whether I'm going to record something or just help out or volunteer, I always learn something. When I'm sitting, in game, I'm sitting in on the gear, I'm like, dang, I ain't even know that. So, you know, I, I love what y'all are doing, man. And every time I get an opportunity, I shout y'all out. And I'm a supporter for life.
2: And one other shout out is next week, we're not going to be able, because of this whole pandemic, to do our annual Malcolm X Festival. So on May 16th, uh, we'll have a, a, a virtual Malcolm X Celebration. So you can go to our Facebook page, Malcolm X. Grassroots Movement, and find out information about this uh, celebration next week. We're going to have uh, not only speakers and discussions, but we'll have some culture uh, on, uh, during that our celebration next week on May 16th. So look out for that too. Malcolm X. Grassroots Movement, Malcolm X. Celebration.
0: And You know, I uh, I'm glad to hear that. It's unfortunate because y'all are definitely my top three festivals in the city um yeah well we'll
2: be back and we'll do what we can in fact go to malcolm x malcolm x festival.com to find out information on it
0: and I'm actually um I actually do uh, show notes so we'll have all of this stuff in the show notes. Like I said, I'm glad to hear this because you know I do the annual June team dashiki party every year and I Yeah, giving, yeah. I mean Yeah, I don't promote that
2: when you I get the stuff, I pass. i ain't been to one, but I've been giving people for the
0: information. Yeah, man, and we you know, we don't came to the same realization more than likely. We are rescheduling as well. No official announcement has been made, but it's definitely probably happening just for the safety of the people. Well,
2: I, I have some dashiki to post on that deck.
0: Hey, appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it. So, Bob A.K., man, I love you. Thank you so much for taking the time out uh, just to speak for us. Thank you for all the work you do in the community. And just thank you for accepting me as a young brother and someone that you uh, always uh, committed just to instilling greatness in me. And I really appreciate that.
2: Well, I appreciate the honor to be on this. Uh, of it.
0: All right, then, brother, have and a brother. Keep up the good work.
2: What? All right, you too.
0: Hello. Brother African, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great, African. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am super excited. This next person I'm about to bring to the microphone is a walking, living legend. Uh, A brother who has sacrificed himself, his life for us, our community, to push us forward. A brother who has continued to work in our community teaching, pouring in information that is pushing us forward and taking us to heights that we never knew existed. I am super excited to have this brother on the microphone because he is truly making me official. Y'all give it up, make some noise for my big brother, my teacher, my mentor, Baba Ricks. Mukasa, man, how you feeling? Welcome to the Just Elders podcast. Well, thank you, brother. I'm doing fine. Hey, so uh, let me say this, man, since I met my first time, I've met you before, but my first time really getting to uh, spend some time with you was when we went to Cuba together. We went to Cuba and uh, on that Cuba trip, you just gave me a lot of information just of your history and who you are and everything you've done. So for those that don't know who the living legend is of uh, Munkasa Ritz, can you please give them a little intro?
1: Uh, originally my name was Willie Ricks and, uh, and Willie Ricks joined an organization called SNCC Student Unviolent Coordinating Committed back in 1960 when black folks had to go in the back door and say yes, yeah, so they are all white people black people found them hanging uh, they were found on the street with their balls cut out um, and all kinds of terror that we were afraid we had to go in the back door and say yes to white people and stuff like that. And that, uh, at some point, me and my friend, we began to have sit-ins and, and join the sit-in movement where black people started going to white restaurants uh, and sitting in, the, sitting in them and demanding that we be served. At that time, they had signs saying white-only, black-only, and sending us in the back doors. We couldn't go in the front doors. And we went and fought that. So I was in a movement that uh, we later called the Civil Rights Movement that uh, later Martin Luther King came and recruited me and helped recruit me to the movement. And we went out and we began to fight all over the South, all over the country. So, yeah, I'm a soldier. Been one and been out here fighting for six years. And uh, when I went to Africa uh, back in 1972, Uh, President Idi Amin Dada, y'all should look him up on the internet. Uh, And the people of Uganda told me that my name was not Willie Rick, a white man's name. And they gave me the name Mukasa Dada. And I've been Mukasa Dada ever since. And they gave me a mission to go out and tell all the black people that they were Africans, Africans our land, and we'd never be free. Until Africa is free, and they inform me that the United States and Europe have committed crimes on Africa, and that Africa is the richest land in the world for the diamonds, gold, all other man, Every fruit, every 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 that in the world is in Africa. is the richest land in the world, and every country has to come to Africa to get the things that it takes to make a car with, rubber tree, what they make ties and shoes from. They have to come to Africa to get that stuff. Coton what it makes cell phones, electronics. I want to let touch it when you touch your toes. You know, your cell phone is a thing we call Cocon. And that's found in Africa, mostly in Congo. And that, uh, so Africa is our land, we built the greatest civilization in the world, started mathematics, science, chemistry, engineering, biochemistry, nuclear spirit, music, everything. We had the first school, we had our own gods in Africa, but long before Jesus, long before Allah, uh, uh, Islam came, we had our own African religions, our own African deities and gods and what have you, and we were a whole people. And then when we invaded, uh, the Arabs, and they came and killed us. They used to cut the black man's balls out, castrated, and then go rape all the women. That's how they would spread this from. The white man came in and killed us, raped us, robbed us, murdered us, committed genocide on us, killed millions and millions and millions of us, put us on slave ship. The name of the first slave ship was Slave Ship Jesus. And then they owned the a slave ship. It was so bad that mothers used to take their fingers and cut their babies' throat. Fathers would like their children their sons goose about. Uh, they would jump on board and would rather be in the sea with the job than to be with the white man. The white man fought us over here. They cut our tongues out if we spoke our language. They didn't allow us to have no identity. And they blew up and took out everything of memory and every kingdom that we had stole everything out of he went to our graves and dug our graves up and stole the coffers, stole everything out, out from our graves and great kingdoms and empires that we built. And then they particle flavor, Uh whatever white man buy you, that's what your name became. If a white man named Rick value, you became Rick Jones. And then say your last name means that's a, slave you were. That's who nigga you was. And they could rape you, rob you, kill you, hang you, burn you, do everything they want you to do. They put you in the fields, so you and put you in the cotton fields and made you pick cotton and chop wood and cut down forests and just do work, 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 work for them and then pay you one penny. Not one penny. And so slavery. And they robbed us of everything robbed us of our humanity, our language, our identity, and today we're like a tree without roots. Just think, if you go out and cut the tree of a, cut the root of a tree down, soon that tree that tree would die, and that uh, that's what has happened to us. They've made us a dead people.
0: That's walking around on Earth. So, Baba. And, uh, so, Baba Dada. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. I know uh, Marcus Garvey said that people without the uh, knowledge of their history, their culture is like a tree without roots. So, we can at,
1: cannot stand.
0: We can cannot stand. How do we restore those roots? As a mm-hmm. like, yeah. How do we restore those roots and make our trees strong again and begin to bear fruit in our community?
1: We have to look at our history. American history is a, is a strong weapon. And if we look at our history, we'll see that we are Africans. We belong to Africa, and that's our land. And until we take Africa back, we would never be free. Uh, and just like the Chinese took China back, just like the Koreans took Korea back, uh, look him deciding to take it back now and they got nuclear bombs to protect it, uh, and Vietnam took Vietnam back, and everybody in the world is fighting to take their land back. And we have to fight and take Africa back. Well, we could have the resources and the uh, land. Land is the basis of your freedom. The land we live on belongs to the native people that was here before, and some of them were dark-skinned, looked just like us, but
2: they committed genocide on them. They use uh, virus to kill them. They use smallpox and yellow fever to kill hundreds of millions of people. That's what our life is in danger right now. And that so, uh, we have to, in order to
1: answer your question, we have to have our identity and know who uh, we are, know where we come from. If you know where you come from, you know where you are from. That's why I always call people Africans. We have to know that we're Africans, and we have to begin to love Africa and love things of Africa. Otherwise, love your brother, love your sister, love your children, love your parents, love your people. And then, if you have some love left over, you can think about loving other people. But first, you got to love your own. Like the Chinese, they love their own first.
0: Put it it at home first. We got to start
1: loving ourselves, and stop hating on ourselves. Stop fighting. Stop killing. It's the white man turning us on each other. You don't turn you on him.
2: You turn you on each other. So you get a gun, you walk around shooting other brothers and sisters, and not fighting and defending yourself and loving yourself and loving your people and defending your land. You first have to know who you are and where you come from.
0: So, Baba, uh, I got a question. You said that Dr. King recruited you to join the movement. So how were, how were they recruiting young people back then versus young people being recruited right now?
1: Well, back then, movement had started, the wind of change had started blowing, And in every area, young brothers and sisters would go out and start demonstrating and protesting without anybody influencing them. They knew that the other students were doing it. What happened is that in 1960, three students from A&T, they went down to Woodworth, and that was uh, like a, a store. But in these stores, they had lunch counters in them. All of them used to have lunch counters through Richard's. So we started going to them and saying, we want to eat them. They took all the lunch counters out. And so we would go to those lunch counters and we would sit in, and they would put us in jail. They would beat us up and, and come to our house and shoot in our houses and, and what have you, and so even kill people. So when we started saying we weren't going in the back doors, we uh, started spreading all over. The young people start going to these places downtown, and they would sit in. And when they would sit in, the white people would come, and they would spit on them, they would kick them, they would cut on knives, uh, and just do everything, beat them up, beat them in their face. And that what happened is that when I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we went down there, and then white boys came in there, and they attacked us. We beat the hell out of them. We whipped the heads. And then uh, a big a big riot, so a big old thing. So I uh, whipped about five of white people and about four, $500. And boy, we, they beat us up in the store, but we banged up, and we banged out that store and got right there near our hood. We started whooping right folks, boys. we back throwing bricks and balls and busting them up the the head and all of us fighting like hell. And we went down here in the news showing us fighting in the streets and we were fighting in the streets. Martin Luther King and those who were running around telling people to be nonviolent. So when we started whooping them rocks in the streets, Martin Luther King and, 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 uh, um, and uh, C.T. Vivian and those... They ran to Chattanooga and started negotiating us, telling us to be non-violent, don't fight back, and all that kind of stuff. So at that time, a young, another young girl was being C called S.E.N.C.C. And all the young people that had been going to sitting they said, we will come together. And they went to Shaw University. And, um, and, they, and then Martin King told me about it. He said, I want you to get in the movement. You're a great man. You're a great warrior. But I don't want you to work with me. You two wills. So that these young people come up, you go work with them. Because you want to throw bricks and balls. You go work with these young people. So I joined you with these young people, snake, the student of our committee, and me and John Lewis, and man, up the and go to all these We formed an organization, started going into business in Alabama, and we just created a powerful movement from there. So the wind of change is blowing, and we just have to send and now go to these young people like yourself and say, Let's get together, let's get organized. And like down there, wherever there's uh, when they kill somebody, we have to go in there and say, Don't just go to the courthouse and scream and cry and moan and then then for one day let's sit down and form an organization every town where they kill the high people we should have somebody we sit in there sit them down form an organization get a chairman get a, a secretary and the other little officer they want to have and start having meetings start showing films on the history of black people, start letting them know about Marcus and Malcolm X, and, and our great African history and who we are, and let them know what, where we come from, and linking them up with it, letting them know that the other movements exist in the world, like our black people in Haiti. They don't know about Desiree and Tucson and Boomer and the great leaders of Haiti that fought the French and whooped the French. For over 100 years. And Devlin was such a great power for leaving Haiti. He went and organized the people and called them together and said, I want all y'all black people to go out and all these French people, all these white people that's on our land, that's got us in slavery, that's murdering us and raping us. I want you to go out and kill them all. He said, kill them all. Don't leave non-grieving. Men, women, babies, old folk, go kill all. And they went out there and started killing them all. And that's how they were the first black people to get free from the white man uh, after he had put all of us in slavery all over the world. So we need to go out and educate our people and put them into little organizations where we begin to have a spokesman and have somebody speaking up and bringing us together. And that's what we need to do. And we need to make it clear that the lawyers they work for this, for the, our court, So they can't say and do what we need to be
2: done. So the lawyer's job is to defend us, not to lead us. And uh, we need to have people going to these people that would tell them the truth
1: and tell them we got to get organized, we got to form organization, and we got to lead and guide our people and do everything that we have to do to help our people move forward and not even going gardens all over the place going through trees all over the place uh, and doing a lot of different things all the way down we to make the good and defend ourselves when it's necessary but most of all we have to get organized and teach our people to love each other love their hair love their nose love their the skin and not hate on yourself don't call yourself pickles and no disregard your women as bitches of the movers. They're queens, they are princes, they are daughters. And you're a king, you're a warrior. And we have to let our people know that. And let them know that we have a history. We didn't start in no slavery. We started back in Ghana and Mali and somewhere in When a white man was somewhere in the cage shit on himself every day, we had great kings all over Africa uh building, you know, Women wearing silk and satin. We had libraries and intellectuals, and we have to know that that we were somebody for millions of years before we met the white man and the Arabs who came and put us in slavery and raped us and put us on slave ships and brought us over here and gave us the white man's name and history. Even gave us the white man's god. Tried to destroy the gods that we had in our minds where well, we wouldn't know nothing about them. And just tell us about themselves and make us worship them. It's time for us to start worshiping ourselves and defending ourselves and to teaching ourselves.
0: Baba, I pre- are you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. I pre- I'm just sitting here taking it an in and listening, as I always do when I'm with you, man. Like, so I know who you are. For those that don't know, uh, please tell them what do they need to research and find all of your images. I know online there's plenty of pictures of you with Dr. King, Stokely Carmichael, uh, a.k.a. Kwame Touré. Uh What can they look up so that people can find more information about you? Well,
1: one place they can go is to Google. They can Google my name Mukasa Data, Or you can Google my the slave name I had Willie Rick by L L I E R I C K S. And then you can look up organizations like the A A P R P. You look up the look up the Uhuu movement, U H U R U movement. And there's a great leader there and teaches there. You can learn a lot. But we have to begin to look around the world and look for news, not with A uh, and A B C and C B S all those people in the same bed together. And they all love to tell lies and hold up each other and act like they're against each other. They don't tell no real news and that we have to go outside this country and look up our Al Tassur look up news from Russia, look up news from China, and look up news from North Korea and see what they say, and not believe, uh, look up news from Cuba, and read the Cuban news, and look at the Cuban leaders and what have you, and look at what they like. They just invaded uh, 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 Venezuela this week. And Venezuela beat them back and captured some American troops and got them right now. And they got their ass kicked hey, when they invaded Venezuela, if they don't put that on the news, most folks don't know that they invaded Venezuela. And and the United States is the one that's spreading this virus all around. When Cuba, when the Cuba, some mad, Cuba going around the world helped solve the problem and help bring the, the, the disease down. Right, the United States fighting against Cuba. Right, they, When the charsing Cuba, uh, a of, uh of mass and a ship load of... Uh, gloves with other medicine in it. United States blocked the ship where it couldn't get to Cuba. They blocked the ship where the people in Nicaragua, and the in the end up and square of, Venezuela can't get no help. They blocking the people in, in, in Zimbabwe, can't get no help. They blocking the people in uh, Iran, can't get no help. They making the weather people in, a, in Iraq can't get no help. They're dropping bombs on Yemen and more than nothing in there to help them and, and, and even they ain't got an athlete it'll bomb the whole country down there. Everybody living under brick because you gotta and them in in Arabia that that, that, that that that's their puppet have bombed the whole country. And and the disease is spread. They won't let the Palestinians have no medicine. And, and don't allow nobody to even use the word Palestine. They killed the Palestinians, took their land, and named it Israel, and got a whole lot of guns and bombs from the United States, and made Israel a power nation that that's stealing and taking all these people's land. And now, they don't allow you to use the word Palestine. Don't nobody talk about the so-called Indians and native people that was on this land, and how bad they being treated right now, and how they ain't getting none of this medicine to deal with the virus and all this kind of stuff. So genocide is being committed by this country. Remember, these are the
2: people that gave it,
0: the Native people are playing yellow fever and smallpox. Now, you got it. You got it, Bobby. Light. Like, as always, you yeah. are always giving the information to make you want to think. Yes, sir. To go deeper I and I want, want to go surface. to
1: I want to go back to the question that you said Rick to say you wanted to ask you wanted to ask me about the brother getting shot down in this small
0: town. Yes, sir. Give us your thoughts on that and how we should be moving. Well,
1: they're getting all these guns, all these bombs, and they all the gun shops and gun places are sold out. And they're getting these guns to shoot, kill, and murder. They ain't getting those guns to shoot their wires or shoot no kills. They're getting those guns to shoot us. And the police have already shown us. They can shoot us, and they've been shooting us for a long time. And that we each time they shoot, we said no more. Then they go out and shoot a thousand more, and then we come back and say no more. Say, they go back and shoot a thousand more, more and Then we said no more. Then they go and shoot the little brother, shot down there, and we said no more. And that we don't have no protection against them. <laughs> now, one of the things I want to say, that myself, I was shot in 1972 by four white men. At, uh out there at Southwest Hospital, they used to be Southwest Hospital, but before that, they changed the name after they shot myself and Arthur Lankford, Rankin, Michael Lankford's brother, uh, and Derek Bowman's teacher. His name was Arthur Lankford. Mm-hmm. When they went out there, and black people couldn't, could not go in the hospital or go out of it, but black doctors couldn't go in there. And uh, black doctors can go in the hospital and hold a family is the Catholic hospital. And uh they protested there. And they said they're going to sit there in a little tent on the edge of the property until justice comes. So I saw a lot of them sitting there. So I went out there and at night and told the Alpha they were they were all off of Langford and Rebel Boone. Yeah. They were all out and went to the hospital and the protesting the fact that black doctors couldn't go in the hospital, black nurses couldn't do couldn't hear no nurses station over a white woman, none of the white nurses. So the black nurses protested. And when the black nurses protested, Arthur Langford and Reverend Boone and so on in Atlanta, they went out there and they were protesting against it. And when they went to protest against it, they got a kid on the edge of the property and they went off the edge and justice come. I went there that night and said, y'all are crazy. Y'all are sitting out here with a vibe in your hand and a gun in your hand to defend yourself. And right when I was telling them that they needed a gun in their hand, that they were in danger, the uh, white men surrounded the tent we were in, in and started shooting our us. Uh, and the second bullet, I heard the first bullet, and then we looked, and I heard the second bullet hit me in the stomach, and the next bullet hit off Arthur of Langford in the chest. And, and they filled the bullet up with chest the tent up with blood, and left us for dead. And we were laying there for dead, and they picked us up and carried us to the funeral home, thinking we were dead. And when we got there, we started moving, and, uh, and the funeral home director, uh, the war guy right there on, uh, that left what's that funeral home, what's his name? Willie. Willie Watkins. hmm And Willie Watkins, he was working for another funeral home, a young boy, he, to a greater hospital, and when they took to the greater hospital, we went in there, and they so operated on a took the bulletin out, whatever, and that thousands of black people came to the hospital. They went down there, and the black doctors, Reverend Ford, Dr. Ford came there, and they told Dr. Ford, you're a black doctor, you can come in as a visitor, but you can't come in as a doctor. And after that, we led them, that's what made, we and made them start letting black doctors go into Grady and all these other uh, black hospitals where black people couldn't couldn't go or black doctors couldn't go. But that led to black doctors being able to go into white hospitals. So we were shot and left for dead. To serve and what happened when they caught the four, four men and the us, they had a tribe twice. And each time they had all white jurors and all jurors, you know. So this is the same now. They have a. And they knew that people down there were getting all over the country, getting ready to tear this country up because they're mad and upset because they're dying anyway. And then, so they went And and said, we arrest them. But because they're arrested, don't mean they're going to do nothing to them. Because right. uh, they arrested the man that shot me and Alpha Lankford. But when they got to the jury, all-white jury, they said, let them go. And they let them go around the world and see all these white people that's been killing black people in the United States, all these black people that's been killing black people in the United States.
0: I think I've been None. Wow, so God. look, well first of all we, Let me just pause and say thank you um, Thank you for your service and I, I've told you this several times But just for the listeners that didn't know Just that history, right now If you've been to Grady Hospital If you're in Atlanta, you've been to a, a hospital And you've been worked on by a black doctor It was because of the work of this brother Arthur Langford, and many others And organized that's right. And that's the spirit Bring- in which We want to invoke on this generation the spirit of not just getting mad and posting on social media, but the spirit of getting involved in an organization, doing direct action, organizing to make concrete, solid change for black people
1: and come out here and serve your people, right. work for your people, help your people, lift your people up. Cause So many people sitting back here talking and they got all these analysis that ain't doing nothing, ain't helping in no way. Our people need help. Our people need people to serve them and help them and uplift them. Don't care if you are doing do another bump in that floor, bring their porch, bring them some dirt to go with. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, you got to wake up every day and say, I'm doing something to help my people. What did you do to help your people today? And that's the question I ask all of you that can hear my breath. What did you do to help my people and your people
2: today? And what will you do
0: tomorrow? I love that, man. We're going to wrap it up right there. Look, Baba, I love you. Give him a round of applause. Give him a round of applause. Thank you so much. And look, I done already brought y'all someday. I need to bring you the rest of that so I can fill them holes up for you. I ain't forgot about you, baby. <laughs>
1: All right, no problem. All I want to say is that we Africans, Africans are land. Africa must be free. And when we free Africa, we'll be able to solve our medical problems. We'll be able to be the richest people in the world. And until then, to the end, uh, building a united Africa means that we will have black power. Black power, black power, black power.
0: Thank you, Africans. Black power. Hold it down, brother. All right. So you know what? Every time I talk to Bobby Rich, man, he is a walking ball of historic, righteous, black power energy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just somebody that, I mean, he got stories for days. And, you know, there's a phrase that says every time an elder in our community dies, it's like burning a library. And I can imagine how many stories that are in his head that have not been wrote down, that have not been recorded, that have not been told. So just to know we even have people like that in our community um, that we got access to, you know, I'm I'm blessed. I'm blessed and I'm glad to be there. So um, this has been time well spent for me, man. Um, I am... Encouraged because I know that we do have people on the good front lines that fighting a good fight. I'm motivated because I know there's a lot that we need to do, um, and I'm always gonna do it, man. It's just uh, I have a conviction for our people and serving our people and moving. And it kind of controls how I do a lot of things It it controls the type of money I take The type of work I take It controls what I allow people to do around me Or say around me It controls where I go, where I live, how I spend my money It's just that conviction You got to ask yourself what is your conviction And what is that that makes you operate The way you operate for and by people As always man, uh, I just want to say man We love y'all. We need y'all. And most importantly, we can't wait to see y'all next week. We out.